Welcome, everybody, to the Friday Night Lights podcast, and I am Blake, and with me today is Lyle. Hey, what's going on? All the way from South Carolina, and today, um, as if you were listening last week, you know that Russ said last episode is going to be his last because he is en route to right now. Um, we have no idea he's in an airport or an airplane somewhere headed to um, the other hemisphere, the other side of the globe, to uh, for an adoption process, and so hopefully we'll be able to have an update of some sort before we... Uh, close down shop at the end of the podcast for for good but we tonight we're today we're going to talk about the 11th episode of this season called the march and um as we continue to march i guess to the end of the the complete series i'm almost <coughs> excuse me i'm almost scared now Lyle, that we're turning into like lost where it seemed like so many storylines had to be wrapped up and i don't think we're going to, be able to do it in the next two episodes and so i'm thinking there's going to be some storylines that don't get the full attention or much attention at all as uh, as we close. What do you think? Yeah, uh, real quick, I think Russ might be in the Sudan, so I hope this isn't uh, turning to in, in memoriam of Russ uh, podcast. But anyway. He's probably outside uh, seeing, playing at the country club in Sudan. Yeah, I told him I wouldn't get off the plane, much less get out of the airport. <laughs> no way. In the Sudan. But uh, are you talking about, like, we might not find out if the assistant coach is gay or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that, you know. He did. We did get one mention of him that Billy was kind of, you know, venting about. Maybe they'll fire Stan instead of Billy. Uh, there's, there's. I mean, there's a lot of things they're not going to be able to wrap up, which I'm fine with. I knew they wouldn't be able to, you know. Right. The show's pretty, pretty realistic, close to real life, and I think some things are just going to go unanswered, which is fine. Yeah. I don't really mind as long as it's not like major characters. They've done a few little. You know, they gave Smash a little shout-out. He's apparently playing well at Texas A&M. They showed him in the background scoring a touchdown and all those sort of things. So, I think they're going okay. I I mean, it looks like they've wrapped up Julie pretty much. They haven't shown her in two episodes. I'm okay with that. I am, too. I was fine with the way it ended. We got the appropriate amount of Julie, Saracen, all that stuff. I kind of would like to see Landry a little bit. but Yeah, Tyra comes back next week if we looked at the previews. Yeah, I saw the previews. Because um, she looks completely different, too. She does. I mean, she Beverly. Her hair, I believe. My wife was like, who is that? I'm like, that's Tyra. Of course, did she, she didn't even show up at all last season. No, uh-uh. she did not. She but, had a couple uh, movies come out. I'm guessing she was busy. Yeah, I, I thought that, uh, you know, maybe Vince would be recruited by uh, Texas. And he would like see her on campus, but I don't guess they really had a background or connection anyhow, so it wouldn't have been that big a deal. Yeah. Well, this this episode starts off with Tim Riggins brooding quite uh, just like a, a big storm. It seems to be like in him, and he has changed. He's a bitter man uh, who he seems like he's you know he looks more like his real age. Like well, how old is he? like twenty six, twenty seven, or something? He didn't look like a nineteen twenty year old, but there's a lot going on in that guy. He's uh, he's not all that likable anymore, is he? No. I don't. He's just I don't know. Even when he was doing stupid things and being crazy in the past, he always had like an undercurrent of being likable. Not very likable anymore. And his comment to uh, to Becky, you know, there's there's better money in stripping. And I, obviously, I don't think he wants her to. That was a sarcastic comment. Um, at least we do know that Becky is 17. But I still don't see that you could have employ a 17 year old at a strip club, even as a waitress. Um, although, didn't he make some reference about this is Dillon, Texas? Even here, that shouldn't happen. 
that was one of the things. Overall, I really liked this episode a lot. Now, there were some ridiculous things, but it was like highs and lows, and the highs of the high overshadowed the lows to me. Um, the highs were so high that it seemed like the, the lows didn't matter as much. And one of the things I really liked was this was a very self-aware episode. Like, we're always making fun of the universe of Dylan and talking about how crazy it is. Sure. That anybody can go to the strip club and all that kind of stuff. And when they're dragging Tim out, he goes, oh, it's okay, this is Dylan. <laughs> like, it was very self-aware. And also, when Billy was talking about the assistant coach, he's like, that guy just yells out uh, repeating what everybody else says. I think what Billy so would say like if, he do know, if he did know that uh, Coach Stan went out to the gay bar with Dylan. Yeah, and in, in real life, people would make fun of people. I mean, that guy would get be he would be made fun of. I'm glad they didn't play it so serious. His character, you know, of course, obviously Billy and any regular person would be making fun of that guy. Oh yeah. So I just thought it was kind of self aware episode. I like that. And uh, it sounds that uh, that Buddy Junior, even though he has a busted ankle, he does actually have a job, and that is being able to draw the numbers on the on the dry race board. Man, I love that stuff. I love the, the magic marker. action itself was kind of dumb, but all the motivational type stuff, I ate it up. I love the way they all passed the marker. Everybody on the team touched the marker. Even even uh, Coach Merriweather. Yeah, everybody touched the marker, and then they raced. I love that they brought the, the dry race board with them on the bus. Right, right. To erase the last one. I love the way they were all uh, running in place in all the coaches' yards. I liked it when coaches say, you know, there are 5,000 people out there that want to steal your dream. They want to take your dream. Are you going to let them do that? You know, and then they pray real quick. <laughs> and then uh, I, that's one of the, again, one of the biggest um, fan reactions. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of high school rivalries where the teams hate each other, but not where the opposing fans, like, line the gauntlet for them to run through before they get to the field like that. And he beat Arnett Mead, right? For the first time ever, I think. Yeah, I don't believe they've ever beat Arnett Mead in the history of the show. <laughs> Five years. I was wondering. I was thinking the other day, I was wondering if they were going to play him in the state championship. I thought that would have been a big deal. But they, they met him before that. Um, I, yeah, I'm a sucker for all that stuff, all the motivational stuff. I thought it was great. I, I could have I could have even taken some more scenes of them jogging in place and all. I thought they were going to go to every coach's yard. Well, they've been to every coach's house that we actually know where they live. I loved it. And they did the haka in the front yard for Billy, and they were paying respect to the gods of D. Right. All that kind of stuff. I loved it. I loved the little uh, – obviously, Coach knew what they were doing when they were in his front yard. Right. But he pretended like he didn't know. I just kind of thought that played to the omnipotence of Coach uh, when it comes to the Dillon team. Like, he probably overheard them talking about it. You know, so they're in the yard. He, he pretends like he didn't because he didn't want to ruin it for them. You know, yeah, well, even, even Tammy was saying, what is that noise? He's like, I don't hear anything. Before they even walked out to see him in, the, in their front yard. Yeah, and he scooped up Grace. He goes, you want to see something fun? Like, he knew what it was. Sure, sure. I thought it was great. I love that stuff. So, as as a guy, man who has worked in different school districts over the years, how f- – feasible is it to see that are they looking to cancel a team and just have one or combine two teams because it looks to me it sounded like they're just wanting to axe one and only have one school have a team instead of combining which doesn't seem realistic either i it seems like they would have to combine schools to do that right i don't know if if they're talking about consolidating the schools i mean people do that sure well it was consolidated Um, two seasons ago i mean technically right yeah I, i don't 
I don't understand that. I thought you were going to ask me how feasible is it for a high school guidance counselor to be promoted to dean of admissions at a school that competes <laughs> with the Ivy Leagues. They get what nine thousand? No, eighteen thousand. Is that what you said? Uh, applications, I, it was something like that. Yeah, and only nine hundred get in. School, you know, of a level of like Amherst or something, like a really respected school, but not quite Ivy League from the way right. they're talking about it. That's like a one in two hundred acceptance rate. Yeah, I just, that that was one of the things. I'm talking about the lows. Yeah. That, it was hard for me to turn off my sense of disbelief on that. Say, oh, you know. If a certain thing happened, then maybe this could, you know, I'm able to talk myself into this stuff a lot. I couldn't talk myself into that at all. There's, and this one created a lot of tension because, A, he told his team and everybody last week that he wasn't going anywhere. B, he's got, like you you know, have said, a, probably about a 400% pay increase plus Florida plus, you know, a house with a pool and everything at a head coaching cool. job. But now it's already trying to move to the city of brotherly love and, uh, not be just be a, a dean's wife. I mean, excuse me, a dean's husband instead of a football coach. They might as well just say that uh, he's going to coach the Philadelphia Eagles. And just uh, the, oh, they have an athletic quarterback named Michael Vick. And Vince is a scrambler, so we'll just go ahead and promote him. I mean, that's the equivalent of a, a yeah. guidance counselor in a small Texas town being made the dean of admissions to a Elite. A, a very prestigious right. college in the Northeast. Well, you know, that if you, was a bit much for me. Well, again, looking at the previews for next week, she's saying, I've been a coach's wife for 18 years. Maybe I want to be something else now. So I'm not predicting that they get a divorce and he moves to Florida and she moves to Pennsylvania necessarily. But at the same time, I, 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 it's almost too much too late, it seems like, like too much to deal with this late in the – not just even the season, but the series. Well, they've set it up. It would be – I mean, how could she possibly turn that down? How could he possibly turn down a head coach of a small school in Texas yeah. all the way to head coach at Shane State? Either one of those, if they're about to both turn this down within a span of a few weeks, then it is it's pretty outrageous. I mean, this is all this is make them an offer you can't they can't refuse kind of stuff. Right? How could you possibly turn that down? Either one of those jobs makes no sense given their given their current situation of just being high school employees. Not only well, that, high school employees in a school that's about to close down. I was about to say, not now they have the budget cuts and all to consider, yeah, so it makes it seem like, like some push they have any job security whatsoever, and all of a sudden these two, you know, six-figure jobs come their way, and they're just like, nope, Dylan's my home. It, it, it makes no sense. The, the bounds of credibility for me. So do you think Shane, Florida, or Philadelphia, which has the higher uh, standard of living? Well, I guess it depends on. Well, football coaches make more than deans of admissions in most <laughs> Division One schools. And I, I guarantee you, uh, what was the name of that school that she was at? Brayton. Uh, I don't remember. I can't remember what it was either. But anyway, it was that, something uh, that sounded sufficiently prestigious. Braymore, yeah, Braymore. I, I think, think it was. It, what it was. I think that was it. But uh, I, you know, I guess I'd assume though it's not at Division One either. So. But, of course, if it's a private institution, it, it may have some pretty significant salary levels. I mean, she doesn't even have a doctorate. We don't know that. Well, they never call her Dr. Taylor. It's Very never, good. Well, that's a good point, too. I mean, it seems like if she was principal, they'd call her Dr. Taylor when she was principal of Dillon. 
So what's your angle on uh, Jess continuing to push the I'd like to be a coach angle? And then finally, oh, yeah, that was, I forgot about that. That's stupid. <laughs> well, come I thought on. that he was about to come and thank her for the scouting report for Preston that uh, that she got and everything. He never did. Yeah. Come on. Her going up and did preparing a scouting report. That's ridiculous. But even get, making a video. But uh, I like it when he says shadows are silent. You never hear them. You don't even know they're there. I, she... I like some of like I like their relationship. I don't know if you know the, the very first one, the very first uh, after the first game, the opening sequence where they're in the locker room and they're racing the number for the first time. He reaches back to pat her, like rub her hair as he's walking into the office miss that. after he gets some of this post game. I just kind of like that. He kind of like, gives her a little wink and rubs her head, all that kind of stuff. So if but he gets a shame, that's who thinks about being a coach. I mean, you think about being a coach when you're in high school, but no teenage girl. Come on. Her, da- her dad was so a... intense on it. I mean, go to college and then figure out, if you, you know, major PE or whatever, but you don't start shadowing somebody in high school. But didn't her dad play? He played college. Did he play pro? I don't know. Okay. I don't have any idea. I know he was supposedly some big thing, and that's a story we never actually figured out what happened. And then, of course, he left. Doing, he's, he's setting up his franchise still for Ray's Barbecue. He's not been back in Dillon this whole year. Yeah, that was. Uh, so Ornette, Ornette that seems to have been going off the deep end. <laughs> like we, I think we all thought that was going to happen in some way, but it didn't seem very abrupt anyway. Yeah, just how it was even introduced. You know, speaking to Ray's Barbecue, I assume that's where it was, where uh, Vince and his mom are eating, and uh, he shows up and giving them free jackets. I mean. Uh, it's kind of random, but then he drops all his little dime bags on the ground. Um, that was well. That was crack, wasn't it? I, I thought think he was so. Crack. Yeah. Um. Or cocaine. Oh, uh, I didn't. It was a bit much. Like, there's been no evidence of him being in that shady world again. It was just that he was kind of. It wasn't even necessarily greedy. He wasn't asking money for money for Vince. Uh-uh. I, I just thought it was a. A bit more. I mean, we knew he's a jerk that he's trying to manipulate where Vince goes to school or whatever. But that seemed very kind of out of nowhere. That all of a sudden he's strung out and selling cracks. Is this so you know he's selling it or has he bought it? Or he was strung out on something. It looked like he was drunk. You know, he was, yeah. he was he was selling it because it was split up into little individual bags. Yeah, but like I said, I don't know if that's what he had bought or he was distribu- distributing it himself. Uh, I think he's selling it. I think that's where he comes up with new jackets and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, you know, of course, at the beginning, uh, Regina did not want even, a, you know, a six-pack of beer in there, so we had to go outside to to drink it, and he was quite upset about that. It's funny because he's coming and saying, oh, this is my house, and I can do what I want to in my house. And he hadn't been there for however many years, and I don't know if that's the same place that they lived, you know, when he was still together before he had to go off to prison or not. But at the same time, he, he could tell there he was about to go to the tipping point. And then he had the door completely open except for that little chain. I don't see why he didn't come on in. I mean, in the state of mind he was in when he kicked it in with Vince at the door. Yeah, what, what are there, two more episodes left? Right, number 12, number 13. I mean, maybe they're just not planning to wrap up any storylines. I think they have to wrap up the one – with you know Will coaching Tammy Lee, but maybe everything else would just be left open ended. Like maybe Vince is just going to have a crazy relationship with his dad. Maybe maybe Becky's just on the path of becoming a stripper. It looks like it. I don't know. And even if she what? and she and Luke have some dealings to work out too. 
Yeah. Timmons is a jerk to both of them, by the way. You know, when he's walking out of the room, he's like, use protection next time, man. <laughs> he's just kind of, kind of a jerk with every comment he makes and everything. Well, even, you know, uh, Mindy was trying to get him to stay. Don't move out, Tim. Your brother loves you. He's, he's laid awake at night. He's not slept. He's cried him every night, you know. She goes, you're different, Tim. He goes, you're right. I am. And That's pretty good Tim Riggins impression. I should have worked on that more. <clears throat> you, you are from the South and lived in the South your whole life, and you just had to Southern it up to imitate a Canadian. Doing a Southern, <laughs> exactly. Southern voice. But uh, at the same time, you know, he's – and, of course, he knocked the mess out of uh, Billy. You know, we talked about that before. And Billy's like, how long are you going to hold it against me? He goes, my whole life. But – um, I'm giving Mindy the most underrated character this year. She gets the most underrated for this season for me. Just because of how she's what? She's become very likable. Yeah. She kind of, I mean, at first she was very unlikable. She's kind of taking Becky under her wing. She's, you know, getting all emotional, telling Tim how much they both love her, love him and all that sort of stuff. I just thought uh, and she's always good for a little comic relief too. Well, she has I, some good one-liners this year. Her little her stripper friends are always funny. Yeah, that was another thing, you know. And Tim's telling Billy, "Now you got your boy being bottle fed by strippers in the back, you know, while you're in down at the bar, you know, kicking back long necks." He's like, "Wouldn't happen any other way, or just the way I like it, something like that." Um, I think Tim's just thinking, you know, like he's suffered in jail for what eight nine months, and Billy really hadn't done much for himself and it's really aggravated and angered Tim. But I thought he had a little bit. He even said I've got my life in order. I thought he had been. he was much better. I guess Tim sees those still hanging out at the strip club. Oh yeah. And your your you know year old son in the back, you know. He was the... all excited when uh you know we found out he's having another one. Right, right. It wasn't like, oh how am I gonna do it? He's like, oh we'll get through it, we'll get through it, you know? I, he I may be about I to lose his job. Better. He may be about yeah, to lose his job. He's taking in, you know, teenage runaways and <laughs> feeding them and clothing them. Getting them jobs. <laughs> he's, he's a mentor to Luke. He's doing some good stuff. Um, Did you notice, though, that uh, uh, at the end with, with, I guess, that game against Arnett Mead, I, I've never noticed this before in, in any Coach Taylor team, that he basically gave, um, he gave Vince the freedom to call his own plays in that last two-minute drill. He never well, ran any plays in. He never called him from the sidelines. It was Vince calling him each week. I mean, that that two-minute drill was insane, first of all. Let's get that out of the way. Let's get the football geeks up. That was ridiculous. There's they always were, a last-minute comeback. I believe they started on the five-yard line, right? Of the it others, looked like they were yeah. about on the five. Yeah. Well, I knew they got, a, they got a long gain, and then they made it out to the 30. And still had 70 yards to go. So, yeah, it's probably about the five. <laughs> yeah. And when it got down to it, I think there were – I don't remember the specifics, but there was about 15 seconds left. And they ran two or three plays. Stayed inbounds. And huddled. And huddled on those plays. But I'll overlook – I think they covered three games this episode, didn't they? Yeah, well, it opened up with the big – you know, the killing. They opened up just with them celebrating. And then they did have the game at Preston and then the game at Arnett Mead. Yeah, well, I'm fine with that because, I mean, the foregone conclusion, they were at least going to get to the state championship yeah. this year. So they had to I'm not going to – I'll go ahead and call that they win it, but there is a chance they might not win it, you know. Um, 
but so we knew they were going to have to plow through the playoffs. So I'm fine with that. But the, that that comeback was a little insane. Of course, he was, he dives into the end zone, hits his his own lineman, and bounces off, and then thinks, "Oh, I guess I'll run it around the end." Now. Oh yeah, he pulled the old. And this is very obscure, but there's a clip of uh, Herschel Walker against Ole Miss from back in the day when he was in Georgia. Have you ever seen this? I think so. It looks about like that. He dives over a pile on like a third and one or something, and they hit him like hitting a wall, and he lands on his feet and just runs around the end. That's kind of what he did. He hit the wall and went around. Uh, I have noticed lately that they do have. We complained about before that they, their offensive line isn't big enough. You never see big guys. The last couple episodes, they've had some really big guys. Right, this was a big one out there. Yeah, they they, they managed to correct that. I think that I actually think that uh, East Dillon looks more like a championship type team, like in the guys they cast for the extras and everything, than Dillon ever did. But you never see those guys on the bus or out in the in the coach's front yard, though. Well, you saw a couple of them when he, they were doing the little tribute to Coach last week. Right. You remember one of them was like, I they said I, I was just a fat kid, but now I'm a fat kid that loves football. Or right. Like some of those are some big guys besides just uh, Tinker. And did you notice last week the guy with glasses that we always point out that you see somewhere, he actually said something to you? Oh, did he really? Yeah, white guy with like a buzzed haircut. He has, he's always wearing glasses, like even on the sidelines. Um, like, and not the like the you know the nerdy. Uh, you know, kind that have the um, big frames and goggle looking strap behind them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really liked a lot of the. There was a lot of specific, like the way it was shot this week really stood out to me. I don't know if you know, like that scene you're talking about earlier where they walk out of the tunnel and everybody's throwing popcorn on them and stuff. Right. But it's shot from like down about knee level or their feet are looking up at them. Mm hmm. As they walk out, I love that shot. That I perspective the, makes them seem so much bigger. I know. That was fantastic. I love the uh, – at the very beginning of the show also when Levi is walking in. And they followed him behind. Yes. It was like that shot from uh, – I don't know if you remember Goodfellas where they're walking through the Copacabana Club behind Ray Liotta. It was reminding me of – a long shot behind him. It reminded me like a documentary feel too. Yeah. It was, I love that shot. He just walks in and it's like – I've seen it bad. Some of y'all ain't gonna have some jobs next semester. Want some donuts? They just followed him. They followed him down the hall. I love that. And there's one also where it's shot when Tammy's on the the campus, interview for the job, and they're shooting it from the building as she's walking through campus. You can see the oh yeah, her walking the towards the building and everything. I don't know. I just, more than usual, there were shots. That, I mean, they're always great at that kind of stuff. You know, they're always shooting from far off when you think they'd be shooting from close up and all those, all those sorts of things. But there was just an exorbitant amount of good shots in this one, I thought. I agree. And, you know, just their normal shooting style, you know, you've, you've heard a few of the interviews, but they usually have three cameras yeah. going continually. And yeah. then that way they usually only do one or two takes and that's it. Instead of having to shoot from this angle and then shoot from another angle and repeat it over and over and over. Um, and most of the actors or actresses have said it's really freeing and then they get used to it and then work on a different, you know, in theater or in, in um, movies or other television shows and they have to relearn how to act. Yeah. Um, they've always been really good with that. Did they you have always been really good with that unique. I mean, it does always have kind of a documentary type feel. Uh -huh. I think that adds to why it feels like real life so much. If you go back and watch the first few episodes of the entire season, back in season one, the uh, I mean, the entire series in season one, is a lot more shaky back then. Which I'm glad it's not quite as shaky. The cameras, yeah, um, it was almost distracting after 
I didn't notice it the first time, but now going back, I definitely have. Uh, I did notice, though, that Buddy was in the end zone, or I say in, like right on the edge of the end zone when Vince made it in. And so you see him raise his arms, Vince does, and then so do, you can see Buddy on the sideline, I mean, in the background, you know, jumping up and celebrating too. And Buddy's I didn't always even there. That. Yeah. I did notice that. Well, one of the, the second round of the playoffs, they were playing in the smallest stadium I've ever seen in my life. At Preston. Did you notice that? It is so small. It looks like it seats about 100 people. Well, even Dillon's – I mean, uh, East Dillon's stadium still seems extremely small to me. Yeah, they fit. Does. They fit their entire team on one bus. And I never see an equipment van or a truck or anything like that following them along. You always see Buddy and his, you know, Cadillac Escalade or whatever it is, you know, trailing Yeah, them. I noticed he was the first, first one out following the bus as they left. And then when uh, when Becky and and Luke had their little moment of right, and Luke didn't say much of anything, he just Luke, walked off. Come on, Luke sucks. <laughs> Not overall, just in that I'm like, oh, I rode up and you're talking to Tim, so now I'm just going to ride off. They weren't even doing anything. Right, he was in the truck and she was out out of the truck. And they were no contact. Right, right. I know. And he had just gotten her fired, so it's not like you know she had she did have a reason to talk with him. Yeah. Although I think he did have a reason to get her fired. Oh yeah. The uh, the, what did you think about the celebration, the reception back home after beating Arnett Mead? You know what? I was at, I thought that was a cool idea, but I was underwhelmed by it. I kept thinking nobody on that whole bus has a cell phone that didn't get a text or call from anybody saying, "Oh, when you get back, we got fireworks and sparklers and all this going on." They were completely baffled. I didn't even think of that aspect of it. They could have handled that pretty easy. I could see Coach taking away everybody's cell phones on trips. Anyway. But after, after a win, though, you wouldn't you know, get it back. That's the old football coach thing. Nobody's allowed to talk on the way to, you know, all that stupid crap. Yeah, but they just want um, them. On the, on the way back, they're going to state. I agree with yeah, on the way there. Um, I guess. I just, I just didn't think it was a big enough celebration. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was spread like, out. I thought that was a, I thought that was a cool idea. But I would have, I mean, in that town, I would have expected the entire population to be out there. Well, you still got to admit half of the town are the Dillon Panthers. Well, the other half, but you think about, I mean, this is a team that, what they win on the season before, one game? Did they beat anybody besides Dillon? I think they won one. Whatever it was. I mean, they're, they're completely like, uh, that, that will be, this team will be such huge news all over Texas. Right, just the turnaround. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, to go from not even having a program a few years ago to play the state champion, it would be the biggest deal ever. It'd make national news. Yeah, that I would think that uh, just there would be just thousands of people out there. Basically, anybody who traveled to the game away would definitely be there. Right, right. I mean, it would just it would be the hugest deal ever. But it was cool that they did that. I mean, they. And it yeah. set up the opportunity for Vince not to find his mom and to get really worried and to start thinking, uh oh, my dad That was that was touching, man. <laughs> yeah, where he really was. Mom. That was that got to me. And then uh, coach looking around for his wife. And she wasn't there. Well he knew she wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, how it there. ended that that killed me too. I kept thinking, Where's Gracie? <laughs> I think that a lot. <laughs> like when you take her to the airport, she wasn't there either. Like they get a babysitter just for the drive to the airport? What would she be in the truck? 
but yeah, I, I thought that too that he was looking for. But then I, I was thinking, well, he knows that she's in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, I, I don't know if he thought maybe she was going to show up or something. Well, looking at the previews for so, next I mean, week, I guess that's who he was looking for. Wouldn't that make the most sense? That's who I thought, right? Yeah. I mean, if it shows Vince looking for the person who's most important to him, I just think that was a. You know, maybe that was a. I mean, that might have been his only game of his 15 years of coaching or whatever it is that he ever didn't see her right after the game. And it was the first time he'd so beaten it, Arnett I mean, Mead. Been force of habit. He might have just not known what to do because there's a, been a million shots of him walking out of some coaching situation and going straight to hug her. Right. I do think, though, that was a really touching scene, like you said, with Vince and his mom. And I think you mentioned it last week, you know, that her character has come very, very far from just being cracked out on the front end of her, her character arc. Yeah, she's become very likable. A lot of people that didn't used to be that likable. Her, <laughs> her and Mindy both. Yeah. yeah. Well, I actually do have an interview with Mindy that uh, we'll play. Uh, we'll go ahead and play it now. And then when we come back, we'll have just a couple of looks at or look, talks about what's happening in the in the previews to come and what we kind of expect these last few episodes. But here is the interview with Stacy Oristano, who plays Mindy Colette, or Mindy Riggins now, I guess I should say. And um, here we go. Well, with us today, we have a special treat with Stacey Oristano, who plays Mindy Colette, who has been with Friday Night Lights from the very, very beginning of the show. Um, how are you today, Stacey? I'm good. I'm excited. Well, it's, uh, I think it's been a, a good run, and it's, it's bittersweet to see the show in. I think that we have tons and tons of people who are, are big fans, but uh, uh, I think that it's, it's been a good run, and we're sad to see it in, but I think we're trusting the, the writers for how the, the final three episodes are going are to end up here. But um, I want to ask you on the front end, how was it that you got involved with Friday Night Lights in the first place? Uh, gosh, it's sort of a, a long story, but... Um... Derek Phillips, who plays Billy, right. and I were actually friends before the show ever started. And I remember him telling me that he got cast in this pilot called Friday Night Lights. And I was like, you mean like the movie? That sounds – I feel bad about this. I was like, Dude, Derek, that sounds horrible. I hate it when they make <laughs> TV shows based off movies. It never works. Because you're a Texas so we girl, right? this pilot. What? I said because you're from Texas, and so that's part of your – I'm from Texas. I'm from a small town in Texas, too, so yeah. I know. So I was like, ugh, it just sounds weird. So then I get a call, I think it's like four or five weeks later to go audition for a part. And the part was actually a scene with Derek. It was our first scene in that strip club together. And then I got it and I was like, oh, Derek, remember that show that I said sounded stupid? Well, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I only was cast for one episode. That's all I was ever supposed to do. Oh, wow. And then cut to now, it's what, five years later and with a storyline and stuff. I feel like it's such a fairy tale story but right. I, I loved every minute of it well i was going to ask how much were you on the front end did did you know about mindy colette and her story arc but obviously if it was just for one episode at the front end you didn't know a whole lot about her and no clue where she was going to go no we had no clue we didn't even have um because i met uh annie adrian who plays tyra and we had like a, a sister dinner that night and she was like i hope you come back and we can do a storyline but you know we didn't know we didn't have a mom at that we didn't have like a mom cast uh -huh. and and we didn't know anything about our family so that's <laughs> we knew nothing <laughs> well i remember talking with derek um last year and he said that 
in the Billy Riggins, the the character at, at first he didn't know if that was a brother to Tim, if that was a dad to Tim, or he said a that dad. Yeah, I think they didn't know either. They didn't know what they wanted to do with it, which is awesome. It's a really good thing about Friday Night Lights. What the writers and the producers do is they watch what happens with the actors and the characters like during the filming, and they write from there, which I think is part of what makes it. So believable. I hope. Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've had people ask before: is is the entire you know story for the season mapped out ahead of time, or is it almost? Are they writing a few weeks out? You know, and even changing. I've, I've kind of expected that they knew where they were going to go, but not exactly how they were going to get there. Is that kind of how you would describe it? Absolutely. Okay. And especially as, like in the long run, I remember Jason Kadams, um, I guess at the end of the second season, we were just joking around at a party and he goes, what if um, Mindy and Billy got married? Wouldn't that be hysterical? And I was like, oh, that's so gross. <laughs> and then cut to the first episode of season three and we're engaged. I was like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> now, your character, Mindy, she has come quite a ways from uh, from where she started, like you say, even the first season. Um, like you said, with being Tyra's big sister, I guess, was what most people, you know, kind of associate mm-hmm. her with. And now you've almost, you are a mom, or not you, your character is a mom and also almost has played a mother role for a 16 year old. How would you describe the character arc of Mindy? It's really, it, it was never, you know, planned out or written this way. But what I love about what's happening this season is um, Mindy sort of gets to relive what happened with Tyra. I think she always wanted to protect Tyra and take care of that family. And she couldn't do it because, you know, she couldn't keep her, the, the, the abusive men out of right. their lives and whatever. And so Tyra left. And so Mindy has this whole new chance to do it again and to take care of this girl. And I think she really does think of her like a little sister and maybe in Mindy's eyes, she'll get it right this time. Uh-huh. But I think she's definitely grown up a lot and definitely has a new maternal side, which I like to explore in Mindy. Makes her a little bit more human, I hope. Well, I noticed a big turn in your character when Mindy went to drop off Becky with, you know, her dad and her stepmom or whoever that was. And and it was, you know, not a good situation. And, and, you know, you stepped up and said, you know, heck no, you're not staying here. Come on. And I thought you were about to come to your character was about to come to blows with her dad. And, you know, I don't, I know they allow you all some freedom and expression mm-hmm. there as you film. And I thought that you're about to give him a good shove or something. Cause I could see a lot of fire in, uh, in Mindy, but I, I think that's where a big turning point happened, uh, for your character. And then, like you say, she's been the big sister slash a, a surrogate mom almost for, uh, mm-hmm. for Becky. Yeah, I, that that scene was intense. And again, at the beginning, when we started filming the season, I didn't know that's what was going to happen. I just knew that this girl came to live with us and Mindy wasn't really happy about it. And then they kept I kept getting scripts with more and more stuff. And I was like, oh, I like where this is going, that they're, you know, they start to really love each other. Now, we don't know where Skeeter is, the dog that Tim and Becky had. Did he come live with Mindy and Billy, too? Oh, no, what happened to that dog? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's with them. Um, Becky's mom. There you go. She's, she, he's on she, traveling. She's on a she's on a cruise ship or something. Yeah, I'm sure Cheryl and, and Skeeter are hanging out of the boat. So on a boat, yeah. <laughs> now you said that you did watch Friday Night Lights, the uh, the movie, and, and being from Texas and, and everything. That was, yeah. I guess, part of what you were experiencing, knew about growing up. Do you feel that it's been able to portray a small town Texas in an accurate way, with that being part of your own background too? Uh, yeah, and I'm not from. I'm from Arlington, Texas, and it's not a terribly small town at all. But it is very ridden by 
high school football and high school sports. So I, so I absolutely get it. And I have a lot of friends who are from really small towns in Texas and what is, or even people that we don't know, like um, people who just came to work on the show or people who are fans who say that they know someone like every character in like they know a grandma Saracen and they know a Mindy and they know a Landry. Like there's somebody in their town who's just like that person. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think the, the realism is coming out, especially through the characters. You know, and I've heard a lot of people say that Buddy Garrity and Brad Leland are pretty much one and the same, uh, that, <laughs> that as far as, you know, their personalities and all, do you see much of yourself in Mindy? I don't, which is why it's so, so fun to play her. Uh -huh. This this season, a, a little bit more, but she, I, I actually tend to be a little shy, and I don't know, it's just fun to get to play someone who's just brass and open and, you know, truthful to a fault. It's it's nice to get to sort of, I don't know, release and do that. We're not terribly similar, though. So you don't think you'd actually choose to have fairy or butterfly wings on your wedding dress? In real life? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> and every, every time someone asks me, like, if I ever do get married, that I should get married in that dress. Oh, oh that dress. <laughs> and those poor boys in the white tuxes and the right. pink. It was just so awful. <laughs> well, it, it turned out to be a sweet wedding, uh, nonetheless, I guess, even though it, it was awkward, but it, it fit Billy and Mindy to a T, no doubt. It was. They love each other, and I think it's really sweet. Well, in you know, speaking of that, I think this past episode that we saw when Billy was getting ready to go and, and try to speak on behalf of Tim, and of course he was just a bundle of tension, and you were you know, being your best wife that you could be. And, you know, you took so before you would have snapped back at Billy and you took some knowing where he was. And I've seen just the growth of even their relationship that you and, and uh, Derek have been able to portray. And you can tell, I think that y'all have worked together before and, and get along well because y'all pulled that off extremely well. Uh, I appreciate that. He, he, Derek's one of my best friends in the entire world, but also he's just one of my favorite acting partners. We can do and say and try anything with each other, and it's total trust the whole time. It's I I, I could work with him forever. He's a cut up too, though, isn't he? Like, uh, like a character. Yes. And yeah. when you get him and Taylor together, forget it. Nothing ever gets done. Yeah. it's like impossible. Because <laughs> someone I can't remember where I read it, but they're saying you know that just with the freedom that that the producers and the directors do allow you guys. That I think it was back maybe season three when Tim had. Uh, gone to dinner with with Lila and somebody from Oklahoma, some booster or some you know big money donor. Oh, when he ate the pigeon. Well, no, I thought didn't he come back and he just took off his suit pants right there in the middle of the kitchen. Yeah. He walked in the house and dropped and just dropped trowel. I remember, yeah, I remember that because Derek and I were in the back room and I just heard Annie start laughing really hard and I was like, oh, crap, what happened? Here we go. Here we go, Taylor. <laughs> but but y'all kept. You know, people said that the shocks faces were real. Those people weren't acting. They're like really like, what the heck is he doing? But, no, I think they kept most of our first take from that because it was so. Like even when Derek and I walked out of the room, we didn't know that he was like that. And it, Annie's reaction is completely real. Yeah, that was that was definitely real. <laughs> he does that a lot, Taylor, and it's it's so refreshing and fun. And ugh, I love it. You have a background in stage and theater, correct? I do. And, and then, I went to college in London to study theater. Wow. And so then with, with Friday Night Lights being unique and how it is filmed with the three cameras and constant you know movement and everything, do you feel that being having your stage background, what, did that better prepare you for the, for the new, I guess, process that's pretty unique 
as far as most television shows go at Friday Night Lights? I I would have to say yes. It's, I mean, it's difficult because it's it's such a different process. But again, with the we're we're not given like a mark, and we're we don't really worry about continuity too much. It's just about being in the moment with the other person. And the first take that we do is pretty much what I call organic blocking. Like the director sort of lets us do what we want to do and feel it out, and then the cameras will follow us. So in that sense, it does. It feels a little theatrical with um, the freedom that we're that we're given, and with the improv and stuff like that. It's it's and it's hard too to take that and then go back and do like I just shot um, an episode of Criminal Minds, and uh-huh. so to do that where it's so just technical and hitting marks and your hair has to be perfect and the words are exactly the same and it's it's such a different process there too i just find all of them fascinating it's a lot more rigid the other ways i bet (laughs) yeah a lot (laughs) now looking back for your character specifically do you have any favorite scenes that you can point at and say this one or these two are the ones that i remember the most i Gosh, I love the um, the tea party that right. we had for before the wedding, the bridal shower that turned into you know us drinking whiskey. <laughs> the storm. And then came actually, I, I'm going to say this, and hopefully I say this a lot, and then my stuff gets cut. But in this week, in this episode that's coming up on Wednesday, um, I have a scene that's just me and Taylor Kitsch, which um, we've done before, but they've always been cut. Uh-huh. And so if this one stays in, it was actually one of my most favorite moments I've ever done. So we'll see. We'll see if it's there. A lot of people have been uh, been really looking for more Tim Riggins, more Taylor Kitsch uh, on Friday Night Lights and missing him being in prison this whole fifth season. Yeah, it was, and I just miss having Tay around because I, I love him so much. And so finally when we got him back for the last four episodes, it was kind of – and then especially when we get Annie, Adrian back, uh-huh. having our whole family there on set, it was such a perfect – a perfectly, like you said, bittersweet way to end it. I can't, I can't imagine doing it without them, ending it without them there. So you said that you've had scenes with Taylor before that were cut. Do you know before they actually have come on television which actually made the final cut or not? Or is no, it all I, surprised I, I, find, you? I find out when everybody else does. <laughs> so how long do you think a regular episode would actually last if the majority of what you filmed actually made it? Oh, oh gosh, some of them, I think some of them would probably be an hour and a half, but some of them might be two hours. There's a lot of stuff. And, see, as and the a, way as that a... they cut it is right. I mean, you have to for storyline and for time. They always do it right. I never, I'm never angry about it when it gets cut because I'm like, oh, they're right, dude. That thing didn't need to be there. That sucks. <laughs> well, I wish they'd make just like a whole DVD series of the deleted scenes, though, because as a fan, and I would just love to be able to see, you know, I'm sure many people would. What did get There's cut. a lot. Do you know what I want so badly? I want a Friday Night Lights blooper reel so badly, <laughs> and I don't know if we're ever going to get one. But it, if you could see it, I think the fans would be so incredibly happy. So besides Billy, besides Derek and Taylor, who are the other biggest cut-ups, do you think, on set? Um, it depends on the day, but Jesse Plemons is, is pretty good about it. And actually, Kyle Chandler is pretty good about it, too. Like, just randomly in the middle of whatever. And all of them will tell you that I am, but I <laughs> like to think that I'm incredibly serious and focused in everything that I do. But Just such the professional, yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah to a consummate professional here, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> From, uh, you've been here for five seasons, and you've seen a lot of football happen, both with the Dillon Panthers and the East Dillon Lions. Which, which actor, if he had to actually play football, who do you think has the best shot at making it playing football? 
Do you know what's funny? It's actually, and I've, I've gotten in trouble for saying this before too. Most of those boys can't throw a football to save their lives, <laughs> and they've gotten a lot better. But Jesse Plemons, when we first started out in the season one, was the only one who could actually play football, and he didn't even play football in season one. But that boy has like an arm, arm, and I think he played in high school too in Texas because he's from Texas too. Right. But because um, you know, like Taylor's from Canada, and he played hockey and. Zach and Gaius were these, you know, theater guys in college. Not that they're not athletic, because they are, but Jesse was really, like, the one who could throw a football. And then as far as his character, he was the, you know, the musician that, you know, just came on the the team just because his best friend did, and he thought he could get some girls. Yeah. Yes, so it was the exact opposite. <laughs> now, being from, uh, from Texas, and I know you're a football fan as well, do you have a pick for the Super Bowl coming up? I gotta say Steelers, man. Yeah, black and yellow. I'm I'm going with it. Now, with Friday Night Lights ending, and do you have any? You said you have been on Criminal Minds, but do, is is there any particular things you're working on and you're shooting towards uh, in the future? Mm. No, actually, what's great about um, Adrian again, Adrian Porky, who plays uh-huh. Tyra, has a Criminal Minds episode that airs this Wednesday, and then mine airs. Um, I don't know, next week or the week after. So we have our episodes like back to back from each other. So that'll be really fun. But other than that, it's uh, it's pilot season out in LA, which is the most terrifying time in the world. So we'll uh, we'll get through that and see what happens. Just cross our fingers. <laughs> if if you could pick one television show that would be one of your one or two, I guess that would be your dream to work on. That's already happening right now. Is there one that you would just say this is this is would be my dream? I gotta say, um, Community is my new favorite TV show on yes. television. But also, I moved to LA. I've only been in LA for um, almost two years now, and I moved out here because I so desperately want to be on House. I want to play a sick person on House. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I was trying to think. You know, my wife and I have not watched House at first, and then this past year, we she decided let's watch House, and so we watched like the first six seasons on dvd in like five months or something it was insane but there are so many people that i would see i think who is that i've seen them before and then so house has a lot of cameos and a lot of people from other shows so it'd be awesome to see you on a on house i uh give me a left arm i think he's so i just think he's brilliant Hugh. Oh, right and then like you say community i think troy and abed are the most underrated uh actor duo on tv right now aren't they the best comic duo on tv i think they're absolutely Perfect. And it's so underrated, and nobody really talks about community, but I think it's brilliant. It's a great ensemble cast, and I, I wish it was a, an hour long show instead of just a 30 minute show, but I, I mean, they yeah. crack me up. Um, and, I love it. I, and, you know, Donald Glover, I guess, I, I think he, I, mean, I think he's just a star waiting to blow up. I hope so too. He's actually my favorite comedic actor on TV right now. Completely underrated, and but it's just give it time that kid's gonna be an absolute superstar have you watched their their youtube videos from his comedy troupe yeah i have and his stand-up too his stand-up is great i'm not saying his stand-up of course i mean you need this it's probably not safe for work some of his old uh some of the Derek comedy uh videos yeah. but if you search for them they are they're they're really witty and sarcastic but hilarious so very good um, yes. And well, I don't know if there's uh, if there's anything that you can give us any insight into the final three episodes. I, I, there's plenty of questions I would love to ask, but I know that it's 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 better just to see it as it happens. But these last three episodes, hopefully, pack up a good punch. And were you satisfied with how they did end up as far as they wrapped up all the storylines? Was it was it a good ending? Do you think in your eyes? Yeah, it, it it is. It's hard because 
<laughs> it was the perfect time for the story to end. And, you know, we're ending it on, on an up note and it's not going to be that show that like 10 years from now, if we were still on the air and people are like, Oh, I used to watch that show. It was really good. Right. Like just, you know, end it now. But if I thought, if I got a contract to do the show for another five years, I could, yeah. I, I, and I would in a heartbeat. So it is, it's, it's, oh, I can't believe there's only three left. It's just so hard. But yeah, everything, I don't know. I don't want to say like wraps up, but I think the fans are going to be, they'll, they'll be fulfilled, I think. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, that's, you know, at the end of season three, which also ended with your, your wedding, um, mm-hmm. it's, I don't think you guys knew at the end of when you finished filming if it was going to be picked up again or not. And so, but I was yeah, amazed. We, we pretty much thought that was over. I was amazed at how they, they ended like a few chapters of so many characters lives, it seemed, but they left a bit of a launching pad just in case. And of course, here we are two years later. Um, and yeah. I thought they did a great job. So I continue to trust the writers and to take us where, uh, where they think is but best. How amazing are they? And that they created these new characters like um, Vince and Luke and Becky and, and all yeah. these new kids that people have completely embraced. Like, I don't, I can't remember another time in TV where that has necessarily happened. No, and there's and a lot of skepticism. The writers are so honest. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of skepticism, you know, because like you said, you know, Zach was leaving and Taylor and Adrian and Tim and Tyra. Everyone that these people love. Yeah. You know, because usually what you'd have to do on television, you just have to follow those same characters on to college, you know. You Absolutely. Know, 90210 goes to college. You know, Saved by the Bell goes to college. Saved by the Bell, exactly. <laughs> so, what, do you, what do you think is the one of the main things that you'll take away from your five years of working in, in Austin in Dillon, Texas, I should say with uh, Friday Night Lights. Um, I, I learned this from when we, when we wrapped Peter Berg and Kyle Chandler both said to take it, like take this with you into another job. And it's just the way that we work and it's about community and it's about being together and it's about working together and there's no ego and there's no real leader and it's just we're in this together and we're going to do this together and we're all going to tell this story and so take that into your next job with you like check your ego at the door because we're here to do a job and i hope that i can bring that into whatever i get to do next hopefully well you have done a fantastic job over the last five seasons and i'm looking forward because i know that you'll be involved still pretty heavily your character will the next three episodes as they wrap up the, the entire series and um, I appreciate yeah. your time, and I look forward to seeing more of uh, more of you, in uh, whether it's stage or whether it's uh, TV or movies, whatever. But in, in the years to come, uh, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there one you'd rather do more than others? I'm such a theater baby, and the be all and end all. That's where I want to end up. But I'm having um, it's a fun journey to get back there. So we'll see what happens in the meantime. <laughs> gotcha. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, if you need anything, let us know. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, Stacy. Hi. Well, it was a pleasure to talk with Stacy, and looking forward to seeing uh, more of her, hopefully, and some other things. But um, while looking at this, the previews for next week, anything that stood out to you, primarily? Um, I remember, you know, Tyra's coming back. I don't remember the specific. What else happened in the previews? I don't remember other than Tyra showing up. Uh, it seems like you have some old Panther boosters trying to get Buddy back over to the, uh, to the Panther <laughs> side of things. <laughs> they do. They give him the whole. Deep down in your heart, you know you're a panther or whatever, right? And then, yeah, you know, there apparently there's got another one of those public forum board meetings. I can't tell if it was public or if it was just a lot of concerned people sitting around a table about saying who's whose team should be the one that sticks around. 
you know. Oh, and, yeah, that's right. And Vince pulls the whole Jimmy Chitwood from Hoosiers. Right. I'm a different person. He, he makes a speech on behalf of Coach. And there was some lady right. in there yelling about how everybody in town actually uh, – all, all the the booster money comes to for, from uh, West Dillon, she was saying. And then everybody starts to get all up in arms. I want to forget, Tim's out on parole, right? They've not made mention of that. But, I mean, it's got to be because they didn't know exactly when he'd get out. So it has to be parole. It's not like his sentence was just up. So is there any chance in the world they let him be a bartender as his job while he's on parole? Well, I don't I mean, think so. But even before he got out, that's you know, Buddy said that he's got a job waiting on him at my place. So they knew where he was going. I agree, though. It's incongruent with reality. Yeah. But he also doesn't wear sleeves as he's sitting bar. He said that he could find a job that would let him not wear sleeves. But he's so got he's his buddy. Or like point guard in NBA or something. He's got his buddy's T-shirt on there. Yeah, I still need to look those up online and see if I can find a buddy's T-shirt. So two more episodes. Is the state championship game next week or the final week, do you think? Because I didn't see any previews um, regarding football I don't games. know. I, I, yeah. The, uh, there's probably some kind of a buyer. Is there a buy in Texas? For I have no idea. Not, I don't, I don't think so, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I could see it going either way. They might They might play it next week and then have a whole, uh, you know, wrap everything up the next week. I'm not sure. Right. I bet they play it the last week, though. I bet the last few scenes have something to do with football. Well, you know, season three, was they played it in the next to last episode, and then they fast-forwarded to May for the last, you know, show of the, of the year. And that Because it opened up with somebody playing baseball and then, you know, Tim and Lila at the pool, and that was where they had that board meeting where yeah. the coach left. I like I liked that episode. Um, you think Tim is going to play football again? Well, you know, uh, Buddy was making those comments about it, like, you know, that fullback looked like you. Yeah, I know. That's why I was wondering. They, they usually don't – they don't throw around the dialogue haphazardly on, on things usually. Yeah, most schools don't take uh, guys that have been in jail for nine months unless you're Jackson State University. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. You think most do? I mean, not most, but you have, are there many examples? I mean, I know there are a couple, but. I mean, he could probably play at any number of schools by name Vanderbilt and the SEC. Yeah, I guess uh, Mississippi State signed somebody <laughs> when uh, they couldn't sign on a signing day because uh, they were in jail. <laughs> Jeremiah Masoli may not have actually served time, but he had a couple of uh, charges. Very true. I don't think, I mean. I think that there would be some schools that would take a chance on him but, if he's good enough. The he's guy, really as good as they say he's supposed to be. He's Army All-American. The guy at Jackson State, or Under Armour All-American. Uh, Whatever it was. The guy at Jackson State right now, the quarterback, Casey Carey or Casey Terrio, you know, he was – I think it was a really unfortunate set of events that put him in jail. I don't think it was his fault, but he spent some time behind bars, and then he, he let the swack up this uh, this past season. Uh, and he would probably be more likely to be granted a second chance. All oh, shucks, he's just a good kid who made a mistake because he's white too. Yeah. At most schools. I think that's a you know I guess a stigma there. Yeah. Reverse. I, mean, I, I could see. Come on, you know there's probably at least a hundred schools in America that would take a chance on him. He's good enough. If he's, <sighs> if he's really the best fullback in America. An all-American fullback. Yeah. They have a lot of the best 
such and such in America in that little town. You well, he moved to tailback though his senior year after Smash was gone. Yeah, he did. And he played some linebacker his sophomore year, which we thought was a senior year. Um, so he's uh he's quite talented just as a back. Um everything but quarterback. Any back but quarterback I bet he could play. Even corner. Well, I think that uh anything else I think that about does as far as things I've got on, on tap. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like I like that episode. Like I said, the stuff that, that got to me really got to me enough that I could overlook all the dumb things. Two more and then we'll wrap it up. In Dillon, Texas, the chapter closes forever. Well, until next time, uh, you can visit us on our website. If you need to leave a comment about anything, fnlpodcast.com. Same as with your Gmail account and the Twitter account. If you want to hit us up there. Hope everybody has a great weekend and look forward to next week. All right, later.